Well, this morning we're going to continue our series through the Ten Commandments. So I'd invite you to take your Bible or your electronic device and join me in Exodus chapter 20. Exodus chapter 20, we'll be looking at verse 12. With this, the fifth commandment, we are moving from the first four commandments that talked about our vertical relationship with God. From commandment number five to the end of the Ten Commandments, it's talking about our horizontal relationships, the relationships that we have with one another. Also, this, the fifth commandment, we'll see is one of only two commandments that is stated positively rather than negatively. But before we do that, we want to go back to the Ten Commandments themselves, the Ten Commandments stated, and I want you to read them together with me, if you will. I'm not going to ask you to stand again. I just let you be seated. So would you read these Ten Commandments with me this morning? Do not worship any other gods. Do not make idols. Do not misuse the name of the Lord. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Honor your father and your mother. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not give false witness. Do not covet. So this morning we come to the commandment that I find on a practical level uh, people have the most questions about on how do we fulfill this commandment as we relate to our parents or as parents how we relate to our children uh, in the broken world that we're in and with many families being broken There's all kinds of practical questions that come up, so I'm going to attempt to make this a very practical message uh, this morning. The honoring and obeying of parents is a foundation stone for a stable society. To honor parents in the Old Testament signified that they loved their parents, they had respect for their parents, and they submitted to their authority. To disobey this commandment is to disobey God, because after all, God is our Father. Well, in Exodus chapter 20, verse 12, let's look at the actual commandment and what it says. It says, honor your father and your mother that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. Honor your father and mother. So let's start with, what does it mean to honor your father and mother? First of all, it assumes that there is a father and mother in each household. Let that sink in for a moment. Rapidly, we are seeing in our culture the disintegration of the family unit. And in some portions of our country, in some communities, 
there are more children without fathers and mothers than there are children that have both of their parents in the same household. As divorce continues to run rampant, it is destroying this foundation of the family that God created and that God wants. So that's an assumption that is made when God says this. That's God's design. A father, a mother, and children uh, together. Now the word to honor here is a word that means to weigh heavily. It's like a heavy weight. It's a heavy weight of something that is of great value. The, the opposite of this word, to honor your father and your mother, uh, would be one that regarded them as unimportant, regarded them as being just out of touch, not knowing anything. To honor means to give very serious consideration and value to your father and mother. This has to do with an inward attitude of esteem for the position that God put them in. Have you ever thought about the fact that God puts you in the family you're in? You know, it's often said, especially when we're having difficulties with family, that we get to choose our friends, but we don't get to choose our family. So God has placed them in our lives for us to give weight to them, to give honor to them. It's interesting how things come up in our lives, and we have to make a choice of how we're going to honor our parents. I remember several years ago, probably maybe 15, 20 years ago, uh, Barb and I were out to dinner with her mom and dad. And we were driving back, and we were coming down Route 619. And there was a car in front of us that was going about 10 miles underneath the speed limit. And there was a little old lady driving the car. Uh, you knew it would be a lady if they weren't driving very well. So, <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. <laughs> but it happened to be a little old lady that was driving, and every time a car would approach from the other direction, she would put her brakes on. Uh, she would stop periodically just in the, the road for seemingly no reason at all. And finally, she came up to her road, and she turned off, and Barb's dad said this, someone needs to tell that woman that she shouldn't be out driving, and someone needs to take her keys away from her. Well, if you heard the statement, you know, that fools rush in where angels fear to tread, uh, that's what I did that night. Sitting in the back seat, I asked this question. I said, okay, Dad, when someone want, needs to take your keys away, how do you suggest we do it? <laughs> now, Barb's dad could be a man of few words, 
But that night, the rest of the way to our house, he was a man of no words. <laughs> there was complete silence in the car. Now, how do we honor our parents when these tough situations come up? Often we kind of look at this command and we look at it for, from the, the perspective of little children honoring and obeying their moms and dad, and we don't look at it from the perspective of that even as we grow older and our parents have needs of us, how do we honor them? But that's part of the commandment here of respecting and weighing, letting our, having honor for them, and this honor has great weight. And, and notice in this command, there's nothing tricky, there's nothing difficult about it. It just says what? Give great weight, give respect, give honor to your father and to your mother. Treat them with dignity, treat them with respect, Give deference to them. That's what it means to honor them. Well, what does the promise associated with this command mean? See, this is the only command with a promise connected to it. Did you catch that promise there when it says that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you? Now, in the immediate context, it's talking about those in Israel, that God is giving them this land that they are going to, and God is promising that if you honor your father and your mother, that your days will be long upon the earth. We're going to see in a little bit that this command is repeated in the New Testament as well. But in its reference here, it's to Israel. And so, what does it mean that their days may be long on the earth? If you take, that's not an absolute. It doesn't happen for every individual. Probably the primary example we can see of that is Jesus himself. Jesus perfectly honored his father and his mother, and yet at 33, 33 and a half years, he was crucified. So, there's someone who honored it, and yet his life was and why was his life on this earth ended when he was 33 because his mission had been accomplished and sometimes people do not live to old age because the mission that God had for them on this earth has been completed so he takes them now, that should be an encouragement to every one of us that are still breathing here that God has something else for us to do. We may not understand what that may be. And often, as I'm at the bedside of people who are struggling in the end stages of their life, they're wondering, why doesn't God just take me home? And sometimes we're quick to rush in and say, oh, you shouldn't feel that way. You shouldn't feel that way. Well, the older I get 
and I see how cruel the dying process can be, I understand why people want to go home and be with the Lord. So it's okay to feel that way, that you want to go home and be with him and be in a perfect body. We can understand when our mission here is complete, but until it's complete, there's always something we can do. I just watched my father-in-law struggle, and he questioned why. Why doesn't God just take me home? But I want you to know something that he did every single day. He prayed for his daughter, who's an only child. He prayed for his grandchildren. And he prayed for his great-grandchildren every single day by name, to God. And even as he was getting older and as his mind was starting to to slip away, he would say to my mother-in-law, I forgot one of their names. Who is it that I forgot? And he would not rest until he had specifically prayed for them. So dear saints, don't say there's nothing you can do Don't say that there's not a ministry that is there for you. When everything else seems to be taken away, as long as you have your mental facilities, you can be praying. And oh, how we need the prayers of God's people. And God has promised to honor his prayers. Some go home because their mission has been accomplished. Some have their lives cut short because they don't take care of their physical body. Now, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this. The Bible says uh, physical exercise has some profit. And I don't want to go too far in this as far as us watching what we eat and how we exercise because, quite frankly, it's too convicting to me this morning. So I'm going to admit and confess, and even as preparing to to preach this message, man, I don't want to talk about that. But it's true. It's true. You You know, spiritual exercise benefits us a great bit, but don't totally put off physical exercise. And recently I had to ask myself a question. My doctor is telling me to do something that I didn't really want to do. And I thought, should I do that or not do it? I don't want to do it. And then I thought of all the people that come to me for counsel and pay no attention to the counsel that I give to them. And I thought, okay, (laughs) if I trust this man as my doctor, then I need to listen to what he's telling me. Uh, Some people, I believe, have their lives cut short You know, I I understand God knows everything, but that's not an excuse for us to ignore the care of our physical body.
bodies. And, and sometimes there's just mysterious factors that we will never understand that's God's plan. But the general rule is, if you obey your parents, you're going to have a longer life. Now, why is that? Just think of it from a practical uh, viewpoint. Most parents are going to tell their kids to do something that's beneficial for them. Uh, how, how many of you as parents said to your children, go play out in the street? You might get run over by a car, but go ahead and play out there. Or say to your children, hey, why don't you see if you can go outside and climb up on the roof and hope you don't fall? Or why don't you jump in that water? I know you don't know how to swim, but that water is way over your head. Why don't you jump in there and see how that works out for you? Now, most parents, you say that's ridiculous. Why? Our parents are trying to keep us safe. So they are going to tell us things that should be, in most cases, that should be beneficial for us. But there is a promise given to us here. Well, what else does the Bible say about honoring our father and mother? Well, let's look in the Old Testament. And let's look at some of the truths there. Exodus chapter 20, verse 15. Whoever strikes his father or his mother shall be put to death. It should be common sense to us that as children, we should not be hitting our fathers and our mothers. Leviticus chapter 20, verse 9. For anyone who curses his father or his mother shall surely be put to death. He has cursed his father or his mother. His blood is upon him. Deuteronomy chapter 21, verses 18 to 21. If a man has a stubborn and rebellious son who will not obey the voice of his father or the voice of his mother. Now let me pause right here for a second. Now we're going to see we're not talking about a young child here. We're talking about someone who is old enough to make their own decision. And notice the Scripture doesn't say here in this verse, if you've done such a poor job raising your child, your, your son or your daughter, that they're stubborn and rebellious. Now, it puts the weight on the child for their own behavior. Now, let me say something, first of all, to the young people that are here. There comes a point that the problems in your life are no longer because of what mommy and daddy did to you, raising you. You are responsible for your own actions. And to moms and dads, there comes a point where you need to quit beating yourself up. I know you weren't a perfect parent. None of us were perfect parents. The only perfect parent was God the Father, and his children rebelled against him. So there comes a point to quit beating yourself up over mistakes you may have made in raising your children. 
But if a man has a stubborn or rebellious son who will not obey the voice of his father or the voice of his mother, and though they discipline him, will not listen to them, then his father and his mother shall take hold of him and bring him out to the elders of the city at the gate of the place where he lives. And they shall say to the elders of his city, this our son is stubborn and rebellious. He will not obey our voice. He is a glutton and a drunkard. Now notice, this isn't a young kid that is a glutton and a drunkard. And notice they don't take him to the elders of the city and say, oh, poor Junior here, he's had a rough life, and so he's stubborn, he's rebellious. They're not defending their child when he's old enough to be responsible for his own actions. Now, when I was growing up, I remembered and I knew that if I got, tru- got in trouble at school, I was in trouble when I got home. Didn't matter whether the teacher was right or wrong. If I was in trouble in school, I was the one at fault. Today, if a, if a child gets in trouble in school, the lawyers show up the next day to try to file a lawsuit over poor Junior being mistreated. That's not God's design or God's plan. Notice here, the parents have said, okay, I agree, he's stubborn, he's rebellious. It says, then all the men of the city shall stone him to death with stones, so shall you purge the evil from your midst, and all Israel shall hear and fear. Boy, aren't you glad you're not living in Israel in the Old Testament? There'd probably be few of, fewer of us here this morning if this was carried out to the letter of the law. Proverbs 28, 24. Whoever robs his father or his mother and says there is no transgression is a companion to a man who destroys. You would think, someone that would rob their mom and dad? Barb and I in the first home that we owned across the street was a a sweet Christian uh, lady who was very lonely, so we loved having her over there because she would come over some, some nights because she was lonely and say, hey, hey, Butch, why don't you and Barb just go out on a date, go someplace, and I'll watch the kids for you. Uh, she would do that at least once every two weeks for us because she loved our children. She needed something to do, and it was a real benefit to Barb and I to be able to have that. But her grandson stole from his parents and also broke into her home and stole from his grandmother so that he could have money to go out and buy alcohol and drugs. So don't think these kind of things do not happen. I know of homes where the parents cannot leave any, leave, where the mother can't leave her purse sitting out because she's afraid her children will take her money and steal it from her. That is not honoring your parents. 
Well, what does the New Testament say? Well, on one occasion, uh, the disciples had not washed their hands before they ate. And so, of course, the religious leaders, this isn't meaning they didn't wash their, their hands like we would wash our hands before we would eat. It means they didn't go through the ceremonial washing that the religious leaders had demanded. And so, Jesus is defending his disciples and talks to the religious leaders and says this in Matthew 15, verses 3 to 6. He answered them, And why do you, you religious leaders, break the commandment of God for the sake of your tradition? For God commanded, honor your father and your mother, and whoever reviles father or mother must surely die. But you say, if anyone tells his father or his mother, what you would have gained from me is given to God, he need not honor his father. So for the sake of your tradition, you have made void the word of God. So what were these religious leaders doing? When their parents had a financial need, they would say, you know, I'd love to help. I'd love to give help you out in this difficult situation, but I've already promised that everything I have is donated to the, to the temple, so I can't give any to you. They're just trying to find a way around God's word. And Jesus said they're dishonoring their father and mother, and they are making void the word of God. Colossians chapter 3, verse 20. Children, obey your parents in, what's that next word? Everything. For this pleases the Lord. Honor your father and mother. Obey your father and mother, not just when you like what they've told you, but in everything. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 to 4. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Now, notice there's a little bit switch there of what Paul says. It's not the land that they are going into or the land that God promised to them. Paul is taking this Old Testament commandment, and now under the inspiration of God, he is applying it to the Gentiles now as well. So, it's the first commandment with promise that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. And then he talks to the fathers, says, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. So there's responsibility for the parents, and we'll get into that at another time, and there's a responsibility for the children to obey and honor their parents. Now, I want to deal with nine practical questions, and I'm going to go through this quickly uh, this morning. And these are questions that uh, I've been asked in the past. There are questions in some cases that I have wrestled with myself. And so let's just see, apply the Word of God to situations we find ourselves in. One, is there an age where I no longer have to obey my parents? 
Well, the Word of God teaches that a new family unit is created when a husband and wife get, when they're married. We are told in God's design for the home that a man is to leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife. So when someone is married, he is no longer has the primary responsibility of pleasing his father and mother. His primary responsibility is to please his wife and the wife, her husband. So that marriage changes things. Moms and dads, you need to realize it changes things too. I get in trouble when I say this, but most of the counseling that I've done through the years that has in-law problems, it's primarily been, not always, but primarily been the mother of the husband who has problems adjusting. Mommy can't stand another woman taking her place. And, not, and her no longer being the most important woman in her son's life. The reality is, when marriage comes, his wife is his most important woman in his life. And if he has a daughter, she's going to become the second most important woman in his wife. And you're dropping. You were number one. Now you're number two. Now you're number three. Or it could drop even lower if there are multiple daughters. And sometimes that's very hard to adjust to. But marriage changes things for father and for, for the husband and for the wife. The marriage relationship takes priority. Number two, how do you obey this command? If you are in a broken home, you know, it's, you know, especially we have divorces where the, the former spouses are angry with one another, and kids become pawns between them. Whose side are you on? Are you on your dad's side, or are you on my side? Don't do that to children, please, no matter what age the children They're not responsible for your marriage breaking apart. But to those who find themselves in that situation, you do your best to honor both your father and your mother. Question number three. What if I don't get along with my parents? Well, first of all, we can't wait until our parents are perfect to honor them. We can't wait until our parents are worthy of us to honor them. And we can't wait until we like our parents to honor them. In some cases, there are destructive patterns in the lives of our parents that make this a difficult command to give great weight to and respect our parents. But we need to realize 
that in most cases, no matter how bad the situation is, your parents cared for you, they fed you, they put a roof over your head when you were growing up. In most cases, they gave gifts to you. Focus on the positive and seek to honor them. Romans 12, 18 tells us, if possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Now, sometimes it's not possible, but as much as it depends on us, we need to seek to live peaceably. Well, what if the parent is abusive? We still seek to honor, but put boundaries in place. Unfortunately, I've had to counsel people, women, who were abused by their fathers. Sometimes the rest of the family knows it. Sometimes they don't know it. You do not have to take your daughter and leave her alone with the person who abused you. The chances are great if they abuse you, they will also abuse your daughter or your son. You are not being unbiblical if you put boundaries in place. And in some cases, you may have to deal with them from a distance and find a way to honor them. Well, what if a parent is militant against my faith? Well, Jesus said that we are to love him more than what? Father and mother. Love him more than sisters and, and brothers. If we are, it, Jesus said, if you don't love me more than your father and mother, you can't be my disciple. So our relationship with God comes first. And we have to factor that into the situation. Number six, do I have to financially support my parents? That's not the way things are normally supposed to go. Normally, it's parents and grandparents providing for their children and grandchildren, not the other way around where the children are having to support mom and dad, but it does happen. Proverbs 13, 22, we're told, a good person leaves an inheritance for their children's children. And because I have to go quickly here, and Paul gives, and I'm going to skip over some verses I was going to share, Paul gives instructions that widows who have no children are to be taken care of by the church, but first of all, widows are to be taken care of by their families. So you need to weigh out the situation. Okay. Uh, number eight, or number seven, do I have to move my parents into our home? No, you don't have to. There may be alternatives to that, sometimes better alternatives, but sometimes that becomes a case that it needs to be considered. 
Am I sinning, number eight, if I move a parent into a home? Not necessarily. Now, if you're doing it just to get rid of them, then, <laughs> and, you know, I, I, I've heard it said by, by some elderly people, oh, that family over there, they just sent their, their mother and dad to the, to the home to kill them. As soon as you send them there, you know you're just wishing them dead, and that's what's going to come. Come on, in 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 some cases, a carry there. We have parents that are in need of care, and that could be the most loving thing that we do for them. That's a family decision of what has to be done. And then, what if my parents are dead? How do I honor them? We can continue to speak well of them. Find the positive and talk about that. Well, it was silent all the way home. (laughs) Not a word was spoken. Two days later, Barb gets a call from her dad. He said, you know, I've really been thinking about the question that Butch asked me, uh, the other night? And the answer is, just tell me. Just tell me. You know, that's the kind of parent that is easy to honor. And we should make it easy for our kids to honor us. And we didn't even have to tell him. When it was time, he knew it. And though it took all kinds of independence away from him, he willingly gave up his keys. And so we give honor to him. God is a father who wants us to honor him. And the best way we can honor him is by putting our faith and trust in his son the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, we thank you on this Mother's Day for the family structure that you have put in place. And I pray, Father, that you would help us that we might honor our parents. And that, Father, on this day in particularly, we might honor our mothers and we might be thankful for all that they have done for us. In Jesus' name, amen.